0: We're getting you ready for the game on the build-up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome, welcome. As we get you ready for tonight's game against Dallas, a Dallas team which is much improved from earlier in the year. You know, right now they are definitely in that wild card fight. They currently occupy the you know, three spot. They are just a, a couple of points back of Vegas right now. We're actually just one point. As they have 79, Vegas has 80 in the second and final spot. Nashville has 82. And also hot on the heels of Dallas are Winnipeg. Winnipeg, uh, hot as of late, winners of seven of their last ten. And of course, the Sharks, 14 points back in Vegas, 66 points, 29 wins, 30 losses, 8 overtime losses. So the Sharks obviously You know, pretty much out of contention right now, but obviously they have not been mathematically eliminated, even if common sense tells us the way things are trending. A little bit of news on the San Jose Sharks in the last day or so, with the announcement that the team has re-signed Nikolai Konejov to a one-year deal. Last year, he was their Rookie of the Year. He has unfortunately missed all of this year due to an injury, which is really, really unfortunate because I thought last year he looked just Fantastic. He ranked 7th among league rookies in block shots, ninth in hits. Um, he obviously showed he could score and get some assists, which, you know, for me, I really thought that, you know, he was going to be able to build that momentum into the next year. And unfortunately, this year, he's obviously just had the injury going on. And I remember on media day, you know, I saw him and I, I thought that he looked healthy and I didn't really know how serious his situation was. And I don't mean serious like critical or anything, but I mean, that he had an injury that was going to keep him out for, you know, this long, you know, I don't know if we're going to see him before the year is done. I hope that we do, but man, he looked really, really good last year. And I think this speaks to more of that defensive depth that the Sharks feel that they have going forward, because, you know, it has allowed them to make a trade of a Middleton. It has allowed them to step guys up into the moment and have success at different opportunities. And I think overall, you're looking to develop younger, valuable players who are going to be able to help you win in the near and in the far. It's like you're looking at guys who can help you next year in particular, as well as hopefully a couple years down the road, and that even though this is only a one-year deal, you hope that the Sharks are able to utilize him for the long term and able to get a lot out of Nikolai Konejov. And uh, again, I really liked what he did Last year, I've been very disappointed that he's been injured all this year, and I don't mean disappointed in him. Injuries are a part of uh, sports, a part of life. It's just been disappointing because I I enjoyed watching him play. I really liked what he had to do. So, again, I I look right now as towards what the Sharks are building for the 2022-2023 season, and I know that's not going to make a lot of people happy, but as I do my assessments of what we're seeing out there on the ice, you have to look at the numbers You have to recognize what has gone right and or wrong this year and what could potentially be in place next year where the Sharks are maybe situated in a better place to get back to the postseason as I hope and have a relative expectation that they will be. When I do think about next year, I also take into account the fact that the culture of the team seems so much better right now and I actually... I found it really odd that some people have a problem with this because they've been talking a lot in post games about how they go and do a uh, an escape room, which uh, I have never done, but it sounds fun. And people said, oh, that's, you know, I'd, I liked the Sharks when they didn't go to escape rooms. And they, it's like, are you kidding me? Like, guys need to go out and have fun. I've traveled with professional athletes before. I have been out there on the road. These guys need to be able to decompress. They need to be able to get away from everything. They need to be able to have some fun. Yes, I think that they definitely have fun out there on the ice, but that's their job. I always try to remind people of this is that no matter how much you love anything, once it becomes work, it is work. I mean, listen, I love broadcasting. I I think it's the most rewarding and fun thing I can possibly do that doesn't have anything to do with my family in my life. And I'm very, very lucky to do it. However, it is still a job. Yes, I get paid to go to sporting events. Still work. And I know there are people that would kill for that opportunity, and I agree. They would. After years and years, though, it is a job. It's something you have to do. And I think that's exactly how it is for these guys who are professional athletes. Yes, they make great money. Yes, they get to play a game. However, everything they do is analyzed, scrutinized, and quantified. They are talked about non-stop. They are tweeted about non-stop. They are podcast about non-stop. And so that's why you need to be able to have these diversions to take yourself away from something that has anything to do with what your form of work is. Like when I go see a movie or when you go golfing or whatever it is, you need those distractions. And I'm glad that they have these outlets that they can go to an escape room or that they can go to a movie or they can go do whatever the hell they want because that is their time. And I do not have a problem with any of these guys going out and finding distractions on their days off that will allow them to have a higher level of performance later on. Because I think you definitely need to turn off, you need to tune out, you need to take yourself out of that athlete mentality and do anything but your sport. And you know what's funny is if the Sharks are winning this time next year and still going to uh, escape rooms and still doing other activities like this, the rest of the league is going to be pointing to look how much fun the Sharks are having. That's a team in San Jose. They take advantage of blah, 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 blah. Cause that's what we do. We overreact to any one thing. And we try to make a mountain out of a molehill when it really is superfluous and almost meaningless. I just think these guys should be able to have some fun. Now, when we look ahead to the game tonight, one thing that I do not want to see happen again is to see Eric Carlson give it away in the Sharks end and have it lead to a goal. That's literally happened like four times in the last six or seven games. And it's, it's crazy because Bob Bugner talked about it after the game on Thursday night saying, yeah, that's that's the guy you want with the puck. You want Eric Carlson bringing it out. And it's just, it's staggering that he's making these mistakes. And I get it. Guys are going to make mistakes. And I guess for Eric Carlson, it's just a bit of a oddity that it's stacking up one after another like this. But I would imagine that he wants to remove that from his game as well. And the Sharks, if they want to have a win tonight against Dallas, they need to do a much better job of managing the puck and making sure that they do not have those types of mistakes. Because the Sharks, I mean, let's be honest, they're not good enough to have those types of mistakes. They are not, um, you know, a a high-powered team. And we've talked about this several times over the course of this year, is that for the Sharks to win games, they need to be nearly perfect. And if you need to be nearly perfect and or perfect, then, well, you can't make mistakes, obviously. But, you can't make those types of mistakes where you put your goalie in a bad situation when you, you give the team a grade-A opportunity off your own mistake. If a team is going to score against you, it needs to be earned. It needs to be something that, yeah, that team was on the power play. That team did something exceptionally well. They moved the puck very you know nicely. They did whatever it took to get a quality goal. You know, If you give up a, an honest goal, that happens. These are really good players out there on the ice. However, if you just shoot yourself in the foot, it's going to leave me, Bob Bugner, and whoever else just wondering, like, what was that? How on earth did that happen? Um, Because it's happened frequently in the last, you know, six or seven games. So hopefully that is a trend that will be short-lived. The trend that I am loving, of course, is Timo Meyer was quiet for a couple of weeks, but suddenly he's coming on strong again. Career high in goals, career high in points, and I just want to see how high he can take these numbers. Uh, Because I do think that he is still getting better as a player. And I hope that the success that he's had this year will allow him to believe that he is capable of having that much more success in year 2022, 2023. You know, that's going to be another big season for Timo Meyer. You know, he had the All Star appearance this year. He showed that he truly is as good as he was earlier in his career when he had incredible numbers, especially the 2018, 2019 season. We know what Timo Meyer now is capable of. And I think that that capability is more of the the sky is the limit, is that he can keep on getting better and better and better. And obviously he's not going to, you know, he's not going to score 60 goals, I don't think, but he is still getting better as a player. And seeing as a 40-goal score, I think that's definitely within the realm of possibility. And I hope that he keeps on stacking them on. I hope that he keeps on having this type of success, especially when you take into mind that he had to miss a number of games due to COVID. So I, I think obviously that's uh, something you take into account here. When you look at the you know, the upper echelon scores in the NHL. I don't think it's that far of a reach to say that you can include Timo Meyer in that conversation. And I think that if he gets above that 40 goal mark this year, which I do think is a definite possibility, then you have to look at last year. It's like, well, how high can he take it? You know, how much, how many more goals is he capable of in a single season? And also in points as well, because he's been the offensive MVP. On the other side, it's been James Reimer as the defensive MVP. And those two guys have gone a long, long way this year in helping the Sharks have big-time success. The only concern I think there would be beyond injury is that Timo could think that he'd arrived, but I don't think that's his personality. I think that he recognized what he did to get ready and put himself in such a great position for this season. And he's going to do everything he can to replicate those conditions. And when we get to the offseason, I hope that he has a nice long rest and then gets back to that grind that allowed him to play so well this year. Same story for a guy like Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson came in in great shape, was having a very, very high-caliber season. It was unfortunate that he was hit by COVID as well as an injury, but he was one of the top 10 defensemen in the league, no doubt about it, and that's exactly what you expect him to be, and I think that you know next year he's probably going to be looking at repeating the exact same things that allowed him to come in and have such sustained success over the course of the year, even if he's been derailed at moments by injury, by COVID, by whatever it's been but we've seen him be an important factor of what the Sharks have do have done this year in terms of getting better. It seems like he's been much more comfortable in his role. It seems like he's been more aggressive, which is something you want to see as well. Because again, we start talking about next year as much as we talk about the remainder of this year. And again, I, you know, I, I do look at these guys like Dolan, and I hope that he is back. And I look at Kevin LeBanc, and I hope that he is back when we're recording this. We have not gotten the updates um, on their status for tonight's game. But even if LeBanc hasn't been here all year, I want to see what he can do when he gets back out there on the ice after a couple of games. I want to see how quickly he can fit right back in with the Sharks' system, defensive responsibilities, contributing to the offense, because I think LeBanc, we've all seen, has had a great amount of potential. We just haven't seen him come through with it. And hopefully, you know, whatever needs to be said to him in the same vein that was said to Timo Meyer, hopefully the message is sent and hopefully he gets it because you know how much potential there is. You know what he potentially means to the Sharks. And so you have to get that message through. You have to get him on the same page as everybody else. And it's it's obviously easier said than done. I'm not going to I'm not going to make that claim and, you know, say that I have all the answers, but you know, you need to have these guys recognize their ability, that they're not meeting it, that they can do things to create better opportunity for their in-game play. Because that's, that's what was said to Eric Carlson, I have to imagine. That's what said to, you know, a, a, a Timo Meyer. These guys got the message that they needed to be doing more after relative, relative disappointments in the 2021 abbreviated campaign. You know, it was still 56 games. Yeah, it may not have been 82, but, you know, 26 games were not going to make that much of a difference in the numbers that a Timo Meyer had put up up to that point of the season. I do like that we're getting to see more of a Reedy, of a Shemilevsky, of whoever is out there on the ice right now for the Sharks. I want to see their play. I want to see what they can do. I want to see what contributions they can have here to really prove themselves for next year. Because I think that when you have that level of competition, when you have those guys fighting for jobs, it does create an atmosphere where guys are going to be playing their best hockey. And that's not to say that any of the established veterans are quote-unquote complacent. But I think that you up the intensity across the board and everybody kind of gets that message and everybody starts performing at that much higher of a level and it lends itself to some really, really high caliber play. I think that's all part of the fun and all part of the maximization of what you can have of what is left of this season. Yeah, it's game 68 tonight. It's not been as good as you'd hoped it would have been. Are there mitigating factors? Of course. However, you have to start figuring out how you're going to turn it around next year. And listen, that answer could easily be that some of these guys that we see out there on the ice are not part of the future, are not part of that turnaround. And I think that's why it's important to get a good look at everyone that's out there. I'm not you know, out here to blame anyone because a lot of these guys have been thrust into the lineup of the Sharks sooner than I think people expected them to be, and some of them have really stepped up to the occasion and others haven't, and that's okay. Some of these guys do need more development. Some of these guys are there because they need to be plugged in. Some of these guys are part of the long-term plan. Some of them aren't. But I do think it is important that you gather as much information as possible right now to try and figure out how you can best situate yourself going forward. One of the bright spots this year has easily been Ryan Merkley. I don't think any of us thought he was going to end up looking this advanced in his game. And obviously he has a long way to go. But I always flash back to what it looked like at the preseason this year, especially the prospects game and people were not really that excited about it. And it was like, well, this is a 2018 first-round pick for the San Jose Sharks that doesn't look like he's ready to take the next step in his career. He gets his opportunity, and he's run with it. And Bob Bugner said as much, and he's talked about him taking time away from some other established players, but that's how it goes in professional sports sometimes. Some guys, they get their moment, they get their pitch, they hit it, and they run with it. And I think it's important to allow guys to have that opportunity, see who can run with it, See who can make the most of that opportunity because you, you like to think that if these guys do take advantage of opportunity here and now, that they will continue to take advantage of the same type of opportunities that are afforded to them going forward. It's not a, a like for like in terms of every comparison, but you know, Ryan Merkley gets you know, his time up on the ice with the COVID absence, and then he gets more call up later on, and then he gets you know, time on the power play unit, and you know you just you see the development, you see him responding to these challenges and opportunities. That's exactly what you want to see from a prospect over time. And when it doesn't happen, that's what you need to see as well. You need to be able to be fully aware of what a player's limitations are, where they are in their development, what they are and are not ready for. And I think that's going to be what we look back at this year and try and you know use it as a positive. We'll say, okay, they did not make the playoffs in the 2021 22 season. However, they did do a great deal of evaluation and development for younger players, and now they see exactly what they can do going forward. And, you know, when I look to the offseason, I hope that it includes depth forward signings. I hope that we get clarity on what we're going to do with the current three goalie situation that we have, and maybe it's part of a, a bigger deal for the Sharks to do something else. I think there's a lot of excitement in that capacity, and I think that. You know, there's a lot of excitement overall moving forward, but that doesn't do anything for the here and now. I know there's a lot of you out there that are very disappointed that the Sharks are not likely going to make a playoff spot. I know they're not mathematically eliminated yet, but I mean, we have to look at reality. And yeah, I, I, it bums me out too. I always want to watch more Sharks games. I always want to watch more hockey from the Sharks. I always want to see them in the playoffs. You know, I, I've been a part of some of those deep runs as, as, you know, working for the Sharks and as a fan. And it's really, really fun. I mean, Look no further than the 2019 postseason when they got to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, it was heartbreaking when all was said and done, but boy, along the way, it was an incredible amount of fun. I would love to get back there. You talk about any of the deep runs that the Sharks have had. Yeah, it hurt like hell in 2014 when they went up 3-0 on the Kings and then lost, but how much better was it, you know, two years later when they were back in the postseason and made it to the Stanley Cup Final? It's it's a cyclical, you know, it's not always going to be great. It's not always going to be terrible. You know, you like to think that the Sharks and the people in charge have enough of your faith to be able to build this back. I know there are some people out there who do not like that some of the moves that have been made. They wanted a complete teardown. Like, I get it, but I disagree. I I like the idea of using the established pieces you have and trying to make yourself better in the here and now. I think that's the right way to do it. I mean, how many times have the A's torn it all down to only advance from the Divisional Series once in 2006, 16 years ago? they've been in the playoffs essentially every other year for the past 20 years. However, they haven't made it, you know, far. They don't have a Stanley Cup final appearance or the World Series equivalent that would be the the case for them. You know, it's just it's obvious that we're frustrated right now because we want the Sharks to be in a playoff position, but you know, it it literally does not last forever. You have to be able to turn things over, you have to be able to situate yourself for the future, and that means that there might be a couple of down years, and I get it. Totally understand it. But I also do feel like what the Sharks have learned this year will again allow them to put themselves in a better position. And, you know, I I guess there are some of you that want the Sharks to just totally tank it at the end of the year. I, I, don't, I don't vibe that way. I don't specifically believe that there is momentum that can be carried from one year to the next. That is a talking point in sports that I hear about sometimes. Like, well, they were bad, but they won 10 of their last 15 and they're going to try and carry that into the next year. It's like, no, nah, that's... It's completely independent of the other. Unless you're a super-established team, one year does not have that much meaning on the next. But I do think that if you establish that even on a down year that you're always gunning for wins as opposed to you know going in another direction, I think that does say something about the standard of the franchise, and I think that younger guys pick up on that. They understand that there are only certain levels of what is accepted and what is not, and that's exactly what you want to see built on amongst your young players who you hope that will be part of that future core that one day we're talking about a Merkley and a Bordolo and an Eklund and all these guys who are part of the future of the San Jose Sharks but obviously you got to take care of business tonight against Dallas and I don't think Dallas is that much better than the Sharks I really really don't obviously uh they have that uh Pavel guy I can't I can't pronounce his uh his last name no I'm kidding Uh, It'll be fun to see him play, and obviously he presents threats, and I'm sure he's going to always want to be scoring a goal when he comes back to San Jose. But, you know, for the Sharks, I think that they've shown a lot of good things as of late. They played, you know, they played the Avs to a really tight game heading into the third period, and the Avs had that much more. I don't think Dallas is a team that has that much more going up against the Sharks tonight, and I expect. Expect it to play out that way. I expect probably to see another 1-1, 2-2 game heading into the third where it's anybody's to grab. The difference is, I think that against Dallas, the Sharks have a much better chance of hanging around A and B, getting a win when all is said and done. But it's a Saturday night at the Tank. It's always a good place to be. And let's see what uh, the established vets and the young guys have to offer as the Sharks take on the stars tonight at the Tank. Be sure to join us at 7 o'clock on the Sharks Audio Network for our pre-game coverage for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off.